0: Chicago Asset Manager GCM Grosvenor is set to become a public company, merging with a special-purpose acquisition company sponsored by Cantor Fitzgerald. And with numbers moving in the wrong direction, this may well be the week when Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lightfoot feel they need to pull back on the area's still partial reopening. Crane's political columnist Greg Hines joins the podcast to talk it over.
1: If something doesn't change with the numbers pretty soon, I think you're going to see uh, see. At least a partial rollback of where we are. I'd expect bars, places that uh, that gather people uh, where they maybe drop their guard a little
0: bit. I'm Amy Guth and this is Crane's Daily Gist. It's Monday, August 3rd. They called, when Trust answered, and helped more than 11,000 local businesses secure funding. Learn more at slash daily gist. Member FDIC. I'm Crane's reporter, A.D. Quigg, and you're listening to Crane's Daily Gist with Amy Guth. I'm joined now by Greg Hines, Crane's political columnist, here to talk about. There's been a little bit of speculation, Greg, that that maybe there is a bit of a rollback that might be coming from Lightfoot or Pritzker this week. What are you hearing and seeing?
1: I think it's inevitable unless unless uh, the deterioration in the in the, the statistics uh, stops, uh, and it seems to be getting worse. Uh, the, the, the state just announced another uh, 1,200 and some uh, cases. Uh, Today and usually, since these are the cases that were reported reported on Sunday, they usually go way down. Uh-uh. It's it, it's it's higher than it was in the midweek, just three four weeks ago. The positivity rate is four percent, which is on the high side. Uh, uh, Prisker today uh, described described these trends as very concerning. Uh, and I and I think they are. They're not. Uh, they're not where we were, but we're no longer bumping along the bottom. We're now starting to move up, unfortunately. At, a, at least in in positivity uh, and uh, and number of tests uh, at a uh, at, at a pretty good clip.
0: You know, and I know a lot of parents are thinking about school reopenings ar- around the state and around the country, and just kind of trying to make some hard decisions right now. Do you have any indication of of any progress or movement there?
1: Well, yeah. This is you. You talk about tough decisions where where you're only picking whether you're going to lose, or you're going to lose worse. The situation with schools is just it's just horrible. Um, I mean, I think there's all kinds of research out there that shows that small children in particular need hands-on. In in classroom education, you just you know their minds just aren't wired really to just sit at a computer for long for long stretches of time and learn English and math or whatever. It just doesn't it just doesn't work that way. Um, they need to be in the classroom, and uh, they tend overwhelmingly not to be seriously infected uh, by by COVID. Although uh, there's some evidence that they perhaps. Passing on, uh, although the science on that isn't quite clear. On the other hand, um, uh, you have all kinds of teachers who are scared to death, and I understand why uh, to go back into the classroom. Many of them are older, so they're they're more susceptible to a real serious illness. Um, <clears throat> you know. Kids are magnets for every little germ that that floats by, and they measles, mumps, uh, uh, whatever. Even with even with vaccines now, uh, if if one kid catches it, they all catch it. Which means the teacher, if they haven't got. But the teacher catches it. You know, and you add on top of that that the Chicago Teachers Union doesn't get along with Mayor Lightfoot at all. Uh, so they're dead set against, uh, and they're holding a bunch of rallies today, they're dead set against uh, this hybrid model that Chicago Public Schools has proposed in which the schools are going to partially reopen mostly for younger kids, not very much for, for, for high school students who are better at remote learning. Um, and they want they want the mayor to adopt that, and so sorry she hasn't, but uh, some of the data is from other states as to, as to spreads in among school-age populations is kind of concerning, and I think the pressure on the mayor is, is building to, to back off a little bit and postpone reopening schools, whatever the cost in education.
0: Pritzker has been talking a lot about large group gatherings and uh mask wearing. What can you tell me there? What is he saying now?
1: Um he's uh, he launched a new uh, 5 million dollar ad campaign today. Uh, uh the tagline is uh, if you know where it, it doesn't work. Um, and it features uh, millennials, uh, kind of joking around about, "Hey, you wouldn't uh, refuse to wear a, a life jacket in the boat because it, because it feels uncomfortable." Well, that that's the reason you're given for not wearing a, a mask, even though it saves people's lives. Um, uh, so th- they're still trying to. to uh, to, to use a little bit of a carrot and gentle persuasion, whatever, but I think the stick is is being waved quietly in the background. Uh, if something doesn't change with the numbers pretty soon, I think you're going to see uh, see at least a partial rollback of where we are. Um, I'd expect uh, bars, uh, people in places that uh, that gather people, uh, where they maybe drop their guard a little bit. Uh, uh, the, the governor day also made reference to uh, sports leagues that uh, have uh, large turnouts in in small spaces, uh, churches. Um, uh, we'll see how far he goes, but uh, but I'm sure that they're looking at these kinds of things. They've laid out a mechanism in the state guidelines as to how to crack down, and in some areas, mostly downstate. Uh, Although a couple, uh, some Chicago suburbs are now starting to pick up. Mostly downstate, where 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 uh, where the positivity rates eight percent is kind of the 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 Rubicon here. If it hits eight percent, eight percent of people tested come up positive, uh, they'll definitely do something. Some of those are here are now around the six percent, maybe even higher rate, and they continue to go up. Um, whether he's going to do it, I don't know, but he's sure giving every indication that the, that he's clearing his throat.
0: Yeah, I mean his language lately has reminded me of how he sounded in the weeks leading up to the first round of shutdowns really.
1: Yeah, and I understand why. I mean, we've all seen what's happened in the uh, American South and West, places like Florida and Texas and whatever, uh where they uh, they closed down early and they reopened early. Uh and uh, and now not only are the number of uh, of infections uh, up, uh, you know, and you know, some conservatives shrug their, well, you know, so somebody gets the sniffles it's they're 20, big deal. The number of people in hospitals is up, the number of people in ICU beds is up, and the number of fatalities in particular. All last week, if you look at Florida and, uh, and uh, California and, uh, and Texas and places like that, there were well over 100 deaths per day in each of those states last week, where in Illinois, we've been around 15 to 20 generally. Um, you know that's that serious stuff and nobody wants that to to come here
0: among all the pressures on local leaders right now on Lightfoot on Pritzker you know part of that is i get that people are are tired of this and people are are frustrated and worried and and you know nobody wants this to be the case but here we are and so it seems to me that part of the you know strain i guess or, or the challenge put to our leaders right mm-hmm. now is to keep people focused and kind of keep their eye on the ball and, and prevent this kind of COVID fatigue from setting in?
1: Uh, they're trying, uh, but uh, it's pushing a rock uphill. Uh, the rock wants to come back down. Uh, you Not know, particularly in, you know, in a place like in northern climate cities like Chicago. Uh, we have so little relatively good weather we can go out and enjoy stuff and do things and you know go to the ball game and hang out to hang out the the bar with our with our friends and go out and have dinner and whatever and you know fall's not that far away. Um people got of in the back of their mind. Um, you know, it gets harder and harder to get people to adhere to these rules because eventually kind of a fatalism sets in, I think uh, if it's gonna get me it's gonna it's gonna get me. Um I don't envy them in trying to do it, and all I pray is that all this talk we're starting to hear about the vaccines coming soon, I hope that's right, because I don't know how long the society can hang on and even put up a pretense of, of trying to, to, to shelter in place and not do stupid things.
0: And then, you know, we have been talking for the last several months about lawsuits that have come out against Pritzker and stay-home orders. Where do those stand and and what would what would happen if there are potential rollbacks of of these stay home orders?
1: Uh, With one one exception, he has won all the legal fights so far. Both in federal court and in state court, there was one case in downstate that, the, because of the way it was structured, it hasn't been appealed yet to the Supreme Court. When it gets in the Illinois Supreme Court, the uh, the the betting is that they'll uh, they'll overturn the decision and, and rule for Pritzker. This is this is clearly public health. There are clearly lives at stake, and yes, I understand that people need to make money to support themselves and their families, and that's important too. But uh, I think courts generally are very reluctant to. Uh, step in and say no even in an emergency a chief executive doesn't have powers when the chief executive by all kinds of tradition tradition does have powers
0: a lot here but as ever thanks so much for talking it through today greg appreciate your time
1: anytime amy i wish i could say we weren't going to talk about this again in a couple of weeks but i suspect we will
0: i suspect we will too thanks so much greg Coming up, Airbnb bookings are way down in Chicago, but according to data, listings in nearby getaway places like Lake Geneva and Door County are getting snapped up left and right. We'll take a look at the numbers and more right after this. Chicago Comes Back provides resilient leadership insights to help your business move forward from the pandemic. Delivered on Thursdays, this free e-newsletter features up-to-date information and guidance for Chicago's businesses. Sign up at Chicagobusiness.com slash Chicago Comes Back. GCM Grosvenor, the Chicago asset management firm led by Michael Sachs, said it plans to become a publicly traded company and in the process sell an ownership stake to an affiliate of financial firm Cantor Fitzgerald. The transaction values GCM at $2 billion and will leave Sachs and his management team with more than 70 percent ownership of the company, according to a statement. And in the transaction, longtime minority owner Hellman & Friedman will sell its minority stake. Aside from the big change in ownership, operation of the company will stay about the same, with Sachs continuing to lead the company as CEO and retaining his post as chairman of a five-member board that will also include GCM president Jonathan Levin. New York-based Cantor Fitzgerald, which will buy the stake along with other institutional investors, also plans to make an additional $30 million investment in GCM. With $57 billion under management, GCM is one of the biggest such firms in the world. In a letter to clients, GCM said that it expects the deal to close later this year and also said the business will continue as usual. Lord & Taylor has sought bankruptcy protection from creditors after a turnaround effort faltered amid the coronavirus pandemic. The oldest U.S. department store filed for Chapter 11 protection in Richmond, Virginia on Sunday and will submit a reorganization plan with the court. The company, which was founded in Manhattan by two English immigrants in 1826, said that it had nearly $138 million in debt obligations. Lord & Taylor's owner, fashion startup LaTote Inc., filed for Chapter 11 along with the retail chain. Latote bought the rights to the company's stores, brand, and e-commerce site from Fifth Avenue owner Hudson's Bay Company for $71 million last year. The company, with 38 stores and 651 employees as of the filing, joins a burgeoning list of department store casualties tied to the pandemic. San Francisco-based Latote offers fashion apparel rentals, and executives at the company have planned to cut the number of Lord & Taylor stores and target younger women with luxury try-on studios, beauty subscriptions, and rental drop-off points. Under the deal with Hudson's Bay, the seller agreed to cover Lord & Taylor's rent for three years, saving Latote $58 million annually. As we've talked about here on the podcast, the COVID-19 crisis has raised questions about future demand for office space and what that's going to look like. But that's also not stopping a New York investor from wanting to build even more space in the West Loop. Real estate firm Vista Property Group plans to develop a 15-story office building on what's now a parking lot at 609 West Randolph. That's according to a newsletter from 42nd Ward Alderman Brendan Riley. The plan for what's being described as a contemporary loft building would incorporate a historic four-story loft building through a Venture affiliated with Vista Owners, next door at 601 West Randolph. The Vista affiliate bought the late 19th century building at the southwest corner of Randolph and Jefferson Streets in 2018 for $6.4 million. That's according to Cook County property records. Vista also doubled down on vintage Chicago buildings in December when it paid $17 million for a 48,000 square foot building at 435 North LaSalle. Alderman Riley said in the newsletter that Vista slightly changed the design of the proposed building at his direction, including reducing the height by almost 30 feet from the original plan and setting the building back from the existing loft property. Vista would need approval from the Chicago Plan Commission and the City Council before it could develop the project, and if it does get that approval, Vista would also pay more than a million for the rights to build a more dense building than the site's zoning currently allows. And that money would be allocated to the city's Neighborhood Opportunity Fund, Adopt-A-Landmark Fund, and Local Impact Fund. Commercial real estate reporter Danny Ecker is covering the story for Cranes. This project is the kind of thing that would have been expected any time over the past few years or even earlier this year, but it just raises eyebrows now because we're in a deep recession, let alone the uncertainty in the future of the office market. Uh, There are questions about demand for office space, given the remote work experiment we're going through. And keep in mind that there's already six and a half million square feet of offices under construction right now downtown, which includes two skyscrapers, and less than half of that space has been pre-leased, So in addition to questions about demand, there are concerns about supply. But Vista is obviously betting that new boutique office buildings will do well in the long run. And now the question is uh, whether they can get financing for that project. And uh, that will be very telling about what investors think about the future of the downtown office market. If you're trying to find a vacation rental in Chicago, you have plenty of choices for what remains of summer. But if you're looking for someplace like Saugatuck, Lake Geneva, or Door County, eh, good luck with that. Bookings in Chicago through Airbnb fell 46 percent in June compared with a year earlier, but bookings rose more than 200 percent in several popular Midwest summer getaways. That according to AirDNA, a data and analytics firm based in Denver. With many of Chicago's summer attractions closed and travelers staying away from planes and dense urban areas. Demand for hotels and vacation rentals in the city has tanked, but it's booming in places like Door County, Wisconsin, where residents of Midwestern cities are traveling to try to unwind and, you know, get away from aforementioned dense urban areas during the coronavirus pandemic. A revenue measure at Casa Living, a San Francisco-based company with short-term rentals in over 30 cities, is down this month about 25 percent in Chicago from last year, according to the company's founder and CEO. But he also points the out that vacation rentals in the city are faring better than hotels these days, as many travelers who might usually stay in a hotel are opting for a short-term rental instead, believing that they're just safer health-wise because they'll interact with fewer people than they would at a hotel. And this trend is not just here. Since spring, the exodus from cities has been a thing around the country. Specifically, Airbnb bookings are down in cities across the country and way up at beaches, mountain destinations, and lakeside getaways. In Lake Geneva, Airbnb hosts booked over 12 1,200 reservations in June, which is up 252 percent from June last year. Reservations jumped 222 percent in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, 210 percent in Harbor Springs, Michigan, and 203 percent in Saugatuck, Michigan. That all according to AirDNA. And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks to our guest, Greg Hines. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you like to get your audio on demand. And find Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.